This is Geeks Unleashed, episode 42. That time of thing stresses me out in the end sometimes. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 42. I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. Each week we cover the news of the week and we pick a couple of things to review that caught our fancy in TV, comics, movies and games. This week's reviews are the first three episodes of Invincible on Amazon Prime. And this month's pilot season, we watched Might Morphin Power Rangers, first ever episode, The Day of the Dumpster. And spoiler warning, this is a review show. So if you have not had a chance to watch Invincible or go all the way back to 1993 and watch the Power Rangers, you might want to pause this and then come back later. Uh, and then at the very end of the episode, we'll give you a couple of recommendations of our own. And um, before we jump into the news, I thought it'd be good to sort of just kick off a little bit with sort of where, where we are. Uh, I know we've heard from a couple of people here and there that have said, oh, it'd be nice to know sort of where we are from time yeah. to time and you stalkers that want to know more about us <laughs> yeah and i know we can't expect everybody to listen to every episode so um where where are you right now jasmine i am in my uh dining room slash office yeah. uh so my backdrop which is hidden that you guys you guys can't see it but like i've got a digital backdrop up it's a it's an n7 background from mass effect um, but next to me is my nerdy bookcase, which I can post a picture when we, when we post this episode, but, uh, basically my bookcase is getting overfilled at this point because we've been dealing with COVID for over a year now. And I have bought a lot more books and even my digital library is getting much, much bigger. So my bookshelf is filled with, I've got floppies. Um, I've got hardback, uh, graphic novels and volumes that are collected. I've got pops um i've got a bunch of manga i've got a bunch of actual books uh and some non-fiction books i have all of my japanese language books um i've got figures my probably my prized possession my one of my favorite things on my shelf i do have the first season of batman the animated series autographed by kevin conroy himself which was a lot of fun so i love that um yeah, and then on my desk here, I have, uh, I just got a new lamp, and so I've been playing with the light fixtures and colors on the lamp, and right now it's sort of like a lit up glowing Death Star, so that's kind of, that's a, that's my little nerdy dining room slash office at the moment. <laughs> and, um, and what part of Texas are you in, for those who do not know? Oh, I am in Houston, so pretty far south, very close to the Gulf of Mexico. And I imagine it's pretty hot today, is it? Oh, yeah. It was like 80-something today. So all of that freezing weather was a complete fluke. It's totally gone. You must and have aircon on all the time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we, I literally run my air conditioning 11 and a half months of, of the year. There's probably a couple of weeks, maybe if we push it like four weeks, where I don't have to have my AC on. But my AC runs year-round. Yes, it does. It must be expensive to run. Well, my, my place isn't that big, so it's not so bad. Plus, like, on the days when I'm at work, I turn it up a little bit higher, so it doesn't, like, it's not just blowing and going all the time. So I try to keep it in check, but, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a fee that I'm willing to pay because I would rather not <laughs> sit in my apartment sweating to death, so. Yeah. Do you, do you ever, like, just flick the windows open rather than the aircon, or? 
I actually did have the windows open today. Um, we had a rainstorm come through this morning, so it, it kind of cooled things off a little bit, but uh, it's it, it doesn't last long here because then the humidity kicks in and it's just kind of like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> so we do not really have, uh, let's hang out outside with the windows open weather. Okay. So. <laughs> no, just... <laughs> I only, I only experience it when I come uh, to visit in America. Not, I'm not living in Texas, but Florida a lot. Well, we have a very similar climate to Florida. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, it's just as humid here as it is there. I remember once going to Vegas like during August, and I honestly just couldn't believe how hot it was. Yeah. Uh, so. That's a totally different beast. Um, yeah. Vegas is the kind of hot. I always tell people like going to Vegas, it feels like that moment when you open the oven and you're trying to take something out of the oven and you get that, you get hit with that really hot oven air that's, but it's completely dry. So you still sweat, like, but it's not the same kind of oppressive heat that we have here in the South. Yeah, no, I remember being, when I was in Vegas that time, I've been to Vegas twice, but one, the second time I went was during August and it actually did feel like being in an oven. It was just, just too hot. Like, um, I remember walking down the, the strip and uh, there was somewhere in the strip that had some like uh, sprinklers from mm-hmm. up high, high, like little droplets coming out. Yep. And we were like, oh, thank God. Just, <laughs> like, um, the first time I ever and- went to Vegas, I remember it was so hot. I could feel the heat coming up through the soles of my shoes from the concrete. Like that's how mm-hmm. hot it was. So I am in the polar opposite. I do have sun uh, today. Like, it has been sunny. It's that's been sunny shocking. Weekend. <laughs> It's been sunny all weekend. It's been sunny all weekend. However, we don't have the heat to go with it. It's it's not been like unbearable, but it's been very windy and and probably coolish. Not you know during the day. I I did get away with yesterday and today wearing a t shirt outside, Um, but that's because I was doing like some moving around over the weekend and like carrying things around. So probably was also sweating um, from a lot of the moving that we were doing. Um, What is your spring like? Do you guys even have a spring? Yeah, yeah, it will start getting warm soon. So probably in the next two weeks, that's when the heat will start coming in. Hopefully, fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Like you know, <laughs> um, and then it, you can sometimes have it that from there's been some years where from probably April till maybe even October, where it's just been really hot. Like mm-hmm. you know, it, every year depends. Sometimes we've had it where October gets really hot. We have four weeks of heat, and then and then that's it. The whole year is. You know, so it is a bit hit and miss over here. So in case you didn't know, I'm I'm in England and I live just above London in a place called Oxfordshire, which is the county of Oxfordshire. Um, and yes, yeah, so <laughs> I was mainly mainly grew up and lived around London, but about a year ago we moved a little bit further up, which was mainly to be honest to do with house prices. So the nearer to London you are, the richer you have to be. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, which you probably have a similar thing in Texas, you know. Like oh yeah, prices, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, Texas, the, closer, I think, the closer you are to the city, the more expensive it gets. Yeah. So in the end, I decided to make the choice that uh, I would rather commute and have somewhere nicer to live. But then uh, the decision of commuting got taken away from me, and I've been working from home for about twelve months. So, um, in regards to myself, I currently have set up sort of an office-ish kind of thing in my kitchen. Um, and yeah i haven't really got the same level of geeky um material around me because it yeah is but you've kitchen, got two spaces because you also do yeah. stuff in the garage sometimes 
yeah, when it's no, not ridiculously really, cold outside. I've only been, yeah, the garage I've been, because um, it's just too cold at the moment. Uh, so when we started this podcast in June last year, I was predominantly in the garage because even if it was hot at night, when we, when we, so, due to time differences, I tend to record at night and Jasmine records uh, earlier in the evening. And um, we, like, we, uh, I've got quite a lot. <laughs> or, literally, I've got like an entire rack of comics. Yeah. Like, well, maybe, no, no, probably. No, more than an entire rack. Like, I've got two racks of comics. And uh, there have been times where com- you were talking about a comic and you'll be like, hang on a second. Then you just like pull out this random box that dig through the box and then magically pull that comic out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the in the kitchen though, where I am, I've had to be very restrictive on what I've got. I've got three pops on my desk, uh, two of them are Marvel and one of them is Star Wars. Uh, other than that, though, I pretty much just have work type stuff around me, like iPad monitor and um I do have a couple of comics that happen to be laying next to me, uh, some from this week, and then a couple of actual three Jokers uh, issues on the side of me. Other than that, it's fairly, fairly nice, clean kitchen, and uh, it's a yeah, very nice kitchen from from yeah. what I see. You've got the you've got the double oven, you've got nice white yeah. cabinets, you've got that nice little stainless steel hood back there. Like Mark's kitchen is pretty banging, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it was a new house. I did, I'm not a DIY man, so I just wanted to come home. <laughs> well, my, my thoughts were, I didn't think I'd be working from home for ages, but my thoughts were that I don't want to come home. I'm not a project DIY guy. I don't want mm-hmm. to come home and be working all day and then all night and all weekend. Like, I know some people like the project stuff, but I, I don't want it. Like, and my last house that we were in was a constant project. And I was like, after 10 years of it, and I was like, do you know what? I can't live in a house where I constantly have to do it up. So... We did the best we could in it, sold it and moved on. And um and I was like, no, I don't want to do that again. I want yeah. I want a new build. I don't want I don't want to have any more jobs. Like well, although I say that there's been loads of jobs since I've come here because you're trying to make your own <laughs> spin on it, you're trying to make yeah, your own spin course. on it. So um But that's a lot more like accessorizing than it is like building a shed in the backyard kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the big projects there is big projects I want to take on this year, which is in the garden and in the garage. So those will be things I will look at. But um, and in regards to the, if anyone was wondering, me and Jasmine have never met in real life. So yeah, probably... which people people think that's wild. Like I, I'll tell oh. them that all the time because thankfully they say that we we work well together. Well, I mean we've been like we've known each other for eight years. I think it's been it's been a long yeah time. yeah it's been about eight years yeah yeah and uh, they're like well, you guys have never met and I'm like no that's the power of the internet. <laughs> yeah. So in case anyone didn't know, Geeks Unleashed, although it's been a podcast now for 42 episodes, going back, well, it was more than eight years, going back around 10 years, it it was originally a website, a blog. There was somewhere between, there's probably at any one point somewhere between 20 and 30 writers. And Mm -hmm. during the time that it was running, I think it ran for three or four years, there was probably well well over 100 writers that wrote for the site during the time it was running. Um, some people came and just did one or two articles. Some people came and some people came and never left, like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jasmine came along probably about halfway through, and me and Jasmine have kept in touch ever since. Uh, we did bring the website to a close in the end just because it was just getting mainly too much for me trying to juggle children and I started a new job, which was really demanding. And, 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 uh, and, and to be honest, I probably don't think I was enjoying running essentially. Control, you know, managing something like 30 plus writers rather mm-hmm. than the whole reason I got into this in the first place is because I love talking about comics and geek culture and pop culture and stuff like that and I was like you know what I'm not even doing that bit I'm not doing the fun stuff I'm just managing people and I was yeah. like no I want to just get back to this so that's why I said to Jasmine look let's bring geeks and niche back but let's just 
make it fun, make it enjoyable, and let's talk about shit that we want to talk about. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's kind of a little bit about us and where we are, and you know, and let's just start talking about shit now. Yeah, so, man. That's that's what we do. We're here to talk about all the geeky shit. Okay. So, so thanks for joining us. News of the week. Um, I feel like it's kind of big news, but could end up just being like a non-event as well. So, uh, probably a non-event simply because so many people have no idea how comics actually work. Yeah, so it could be. So for the average comic fan, the guy who just walks in and grabs a comic and walks out again, this probably isn't going to change anyone's life. Hopefully. So Marvel has entered into an exclusive multi-year deal with Penguin Random House, its distribution arm to deliver their comic books, trade collections, and graphic novels to the comic shop market which is known to comic book fans as the direct market this deal is going to start on the first of october and this brings about um brings an end sorry to diamond comics uh, diamond distributions um monopoly over the comic book market which started uh, a year ago so marvel been dealing exclusively with diamond since 1997 and Following the closure of the comic books distribution market by Diamond last year during COVID-19, they decided, Diamond decided to shut down distribution of the comic books across the world. And that initially upset DC Comics, who moved to another distributor. Uh, well, they moved to two distributors, then now mainly just deal with one. Um, Marvel have shockingly stuck with them over the last 12 months and then they've now called an end to that. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that Diamond will no longer be able to order from Marvel. They just won't be able to order through Marvel directly. So from the 1st of October, Diamond can still order through, um, sorry, order Marvel products like comic books and stuff like that. However, they'll have to do it now through Penguin Random House's distribution arm instead. So they no longer have a direct relationship with Marvel. So Which shop- could be good for readers in the long run because not having that exclusivity with diamond puts you and, and if you're with penguin random house they're a huge huge publisher that can that can put comics in front of people that would never normally have access to or be aware of comics in the first place mm. so at the moment this is just in america so when dc pulled away last year um in the uk they've still carried on using Diamond UK. So it might be that Marvel still use Diamond UK at the moment. We don't, like this, They've not said about the international markets. Uh, how this affects readers in the long term may not affect them at all. And um, it, it probably may have an impact on some level of pricing because Diamond was able to offer discounts. But we will just have to see what happens. If it's anything like DC, you know, it's not affected me being able to pick up my DC books. And it may not affect me being able to pick up my Marvel books, mm-hmm. but but it is a big thing to see that finally the the, the twenty five year monopoly that Diamond has had over the comic book market has come to an end. I think I think it's good to see monopolies not not being there basically. So yeah, plus it should access should be so much easier. The whole pre ordering thing that is almost exclusive to comics is complicated and hard for newcomers to wrap their minds around. Mm-hmm. So hopefully opening themselves up to penguin random house will just make it so basically the volume is going to be there um for for people to just pick up things and go as opposed to knowing four months ahead of time that they need to pre-order something to make sure that it actually gets made i think it's two months ahead at the moment but i don't know whether or not they'll change 
that model, but we'll see. Well, so the thing is, when so when DC moved, they see it was t- traditionally Wednesday was New Comic Book Day. Uh, DC since they moved now, their their New Comic Books hit on a Tuesday. Sometimes even some comic book sh- shops say they get them even earlier now. So which has been good for DC. Like, however, they don't sell them until Tuesday. So DC have been able to get their books out before everybody else's. Yes, so, they have a whole day. They have a whole day of extra sales. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see what Marvel now do in regards to this new move. So um, it's interesting. And I think we'll just have to wait and see what the, it looks like from the 1st of October. Yeah. And uh, moving right along. So Disney has announced that there is going to be a National Treasure remake so to speak. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Ten episodes have been ordered, and the differences are going to be that the series will have a Latina lead. So there's no news or any other information about who's connected, who's starring, who's producing, any of that. Um, but the blip does say that the series is going to explore the timely issue of identity, community, historical authorship, and patriotism, as told from the point of view of Jess Morales, a 21-year-old dreamer who, with her diverse group of friends, sets off on an adventure of a lifetime to uncover her mysterious family history and recover her lost treasure. So it still sounds like it's going to be a fun adventure, but it's interesting to me that Disney is going the route of, of specifically laying out that the series is going to be helmed by a dreamer. And for those of you who don't know, dreamers are the category of kids who their parents illegally brought them to the country, but they have sort of uh, uh, an immunity so that they they don't get deported since they did not voluntarily come here themselves um so i think it's a, saying it's timely is is a is a good thing but it'll be interesting to see what disney does with that so um i did read that so i uh, so i watched uh, national treasure one and two at the time have you seen them both the nicholas yep. cage movies i love those films and mm-hmm. number two ended on this kind of cliffhanger and then number three is never materialized. It's been like <laughs> 20, 20 years or something like that. They, and I, I did read that potentially if there was a third movie that this TV show could run in parallel to that mm-hmm. and that they could, they could both happen. But I don't know if we're ever going to see a third movie. It's been so long, but I guess you never know. Like yeah. some things do get picked up a long time later, you know, like there's been Indiana Joneses and stuff like that. So what I would note though, is it's interesting about the Latina lead because um if you think about these tv uh sorry these movies like national treasure and actually indiana jones how often is it the white male lead Mm -hmm. going and rummaging through artifacts from a culture that has nothing to do with them yeah yeah, with nothing to do with white people yeah so uh, (laughs) so i would i would be interested to see how this because you because it says here in the book about her her mysterious family history so will she be going through her own, you know, maybe going into cultures that are actually linked to her rather than the white man just rocking up and saying, look, I'm going to nick that. Yeah. You know, I'm going I'm to nick that lamp. You know, I'm sorry. You know, that deserves to be in a news- museum in New York. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm intrigued to, to follow that adventure line. Uh, so if, if it's going to be like an action kind of series that I think that would be really fun, sort of like a, an adult version of Dora the Explorer. Mm. hopefully just much better than the live action door of the explorer right. <laughs> backpack backpack or whatever yeah. swiper no uh, swiping <laughs> so disney have released some more news uh they kind of done a little bit of a 180 here so black widow has release date of the 9th of july 2021 that appears to be uk and the us i'm potentially thinking it's probably going to be everywhere um 
haven't been able to drill down exactly if that date is across the world, but it's definitely in the UK and the US. Marvel will be releasing Black Widow on Disney Plus Premium Access, so you can pay um, 20 quid over here. I think it's like 30, 30. in America. Mm-hmm. 29.99. Yeah, and so it'll be released day and date on Disney Plus and also in theatres. So you'll be able to pick and choose. Hopefully by the 9th of July, we will be in a much better place around the world. So... Cruella has also been given a day and date release of Disney Premium Access and the cinemas for the 28th of May, 2021. So you've got the option now, watch it at home or go out. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's 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 interesting because I feel like Disney is backtracking because they originally said they were not going to put Black Widow on Plus. But I guess I guess they're thinking like how times have changed. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is they've del- been delaying, 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 and right. There's yeah. no sense if if theaters are back open. Sure, put it in theaters, but there's no sense in taking away the digital access. At least not yet. Now in 2022, if they want to revisit that, and and maybe after 30 days of exclusive theater distribution, then it hits Disney Plus or something like that. Um, I don't I don't know what that model is going to look like in the future. Yeah, I, I mean, there's talk as well that DC, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, sorry, Warner Brothers. Um, and HBO Max. Uh, yeah, and HBO Max, so their thing may be coming to an end from 2022. Which so. is understandable. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to fault them. Like, I, I don't expect things that started during COVID to last forever. Uh, yeah. But I think it's, I mean, I think that's fair if, if we want things to kind of get back to some semblance of normal or what we used to be able to do, then... Yeah, then why not just oh, I can't, I go can't back to putting to it back to, in theaters? I can't wait to go back to the cinema. Honestly, I used to love going to the cinema. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that um, I, I won't be, I, I won't be vaccinated by the time uh, Kong versus or Godzilla versus Kong hits theaters because monster movies are the kind of movies that you definitely want to see in theaters. I think. Um... I think like like Black Widow is definitely a film that I want to see in the theater. Mm-hmm. Like there's. 9th of July should be fine. I don't know, you know, what the world's going to look like that by then. But the other thing is, I know you said about the vaccination thing, but I actually did read today that numbers have been dropping in Texas. So. Yes, and we are opening up to everyone. So March 31st, every adult in the state of Texas will now be eligible to get the vaccine. The other thing is, uh, you know, because um, I, I was, so my dad mentioned this the other day, Although you may not person, not even the way you, but although people, not everybody will be vaccinated, mm-hmm. there's big chunks of the population that will be vaccinated. Yeah. Therefore, the the risk of it should be minimalized. So. Right. We need to. I mean, you know, seventy to eighty percent is what we need to be aiming for. So. Yeah. So more Disney news. Actually, well, Disney arm Pixar. Pixar's Luna will be skipping theaters in the US and the UK altogether, similar to Soul, and it'll be coming to Disney Plus at no additional cost on the 18th of June. No However, additional Luca, cost. That's yeah, awesome. No additional cost, yeah. uh, Luca, Luca will still go to theaters though in markets where Disney Plus isn't available. I don't know anything about Luca, but I was pretty pleased about it. It looks content. good. It looks like a tearjerker for sure, but it looks good. I mean, all. Who hasn't cried during a Pixar film? Honestly. <laughs> oh, Soul. Have you seen Soul yet? No, I haven't. I need oh, to watch it. It's just so good. It was nice that it came out. I think it came out on Christmas Day. So it was really nice to have that on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still need to catch up and, and watch Ryan the Last Dragon. I want to see that one too. 
Oh, well, we're going to be reviewing that at some point. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> so, we're going to be reviewing that in May. So, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers of our schedule. We've already started to review that in May. So. Mm -hmm. Looks like Dad's saving the White House. Alone? Guardians are there, too. Who are they fighting? Oh, Mahler twins. Looks like we won't be getting breakfast together this morning. Bummer. It's the White House, Mom. Kind of important? Oh, they rebuild that thing twice a year at this point. All right, so our first review this week is Invincible. It's the new series on Amazon Prime. It is created by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame. Based on characters from Image Comics, uh, the series of the same name, also created by Robert Kirkman. Um, this series is directed by Jeff Allen, and it stars Stephen Yuan, Sandro, and J.K. Simmons. Now, the first thing I noticed about this series was that this is a Walking Dead reunion in disguise. And I don't <laughs> yeah. care what anyone says. Like, you can't change my mind about that. Because the cast list for, <laughs> for the first few episodes of Invincible is ridiculous. It is literally Lauren Cohen. Uh, she's one of the uh, Guardians of the Globe. Lauren Cohen, Sonica Martin-Green, Chad Coleman, Michael Cudlitz, Lenny James, and Ross Marquand. And I'm like... You literally pull the entire cast of Walking Dead into the series. This is crazy. Um, so that was that was kind of fun. Uh, one of the other things that caught me immediately when I first started watching Invincible was all of the references to Family Matters, which was one of my favorite TV shows growing up as a kid. The high school where Mark attends, uh, Mark, who is the, the character Invincible, is called Reginald Val Johnson High School, which Reginald Val Johnson is the guy who played Carl Winslow in Family Matters, also of diehard fame. He was Officer Al Powell. Um, in, in the comics, which not it's not in the series itself, but in the comics, instead of uh, Mark standing up for Amber, Mark stands up for a kid named Steve White, who Steve White to me is an amalgamation of Steve Urkel, who was played by Jaleel White, also Family Matters. Um, and the principal's name in this series is Winslow, which that was the family name of the Winslows in Family Matters. Fun fact, we haven't met the principal yet in the first three episodes, but the principal is also voiced by Reginald Bell Johnson himself, who played Carl Winslow in Family Matters. So my, my question to Robert Kirkman, if you ever happen to listen to our podcast, Mr. Kirkman, what is with the Family Matters obsession? I want you to send me a DM, talk to me about it. Like, I want to know if, because if you're obsessed with Family Matters, I just kind of want to sit down and talk about it because let's, let's, let's work this out. Um. So Invincible, it's, it caught me off guard, honestly. I didn't expect to enjoy this series as much as I did. Um, I really like that they dropped three episodes at one time. I think in doing so, they opened themselves up to revealing more of the story, revealing more of the characters, so that you don't necessarily feel like, eh, maybe I could come back to this. Plus... There's a big, uh, you know, we talk about spoilers. I, I kind of don't want to spoil this for people, but like there's a huge, huge twist at the very end of the first episode. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should. Yeah, go I'm going to try not to. But it's like oh, it does a complete 180. And as I was watching it, I literally am sitting on my couch and I'm like, holy shit, what is happening right now? Um, and I read somewhere that 
that event happened so much later in the comic series um but they pushed it early into the into the animated series because they wanted to give people a reason to come back and i think that worked i if if that had not happened within the first three episodes i don't think i would have all of the wheels spinning trying to figure out what the hell is really going on with the show mm-hmm. um so i thought that was a really really smart move to put something that major at the very very beginning and in the very first episode so for people who don't even watch all three if you watch just the first episode of invincible the the last five minutes of the episode are more than enough that at that point that was more than enough for me to be like well screw it like i am totally hooked on this series um and i think that's it's kind of like what we said when way back before a few 20 episodes ago at this point probably when we reviewed firepower because firepower was first released as a as a graphic novel before the first issue of the comic was released so we got so much backstory for the comic itself before we actually get into the series that it makes it so much easier for you to jump into the series or to even look forward to being able to pick up all the issues going forward um so it's it was it was good that they did that i i really appreciated that much content at one time but I, I might be breaking my own rule here because I can see myself actually watching the show on Fridays when it comes out, kind of like we did when um, with the boys, like the, the boys was one of those shows where I was like, holy crap, this, this show is so wild and crazy. Like I really need to know what happens next. Um, so anyway, the whole point of the show, um, it's, it's about this kid who's 17. He has known for a while. His parents told him when he was younger, but he is half human, half alien. Um, his father is a superhero called Omni-Man who is from a different planet, has all of these crazy wild superpowers, kind of like Superman, um, indestructible, super strong. Uh, he can fly, do all those kinds of things. So basically he tells his son when he's much younger, Hey, look, here's the deal. <clears throat> By the time you're turn 18, you should start developing powers. And when you develop powers, then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it from there. So finally, like, so for the past 10 years, I'm assuming the, the kid's been like, oh my God, when am I going to develop my powers? Like, oh, why do I have to be normal like my mom? And at one point he even brings that up when he's, he is trying to learn how to land. He, he kind of got the flying thing down um, and he's trying to learn how to land and he can't get that down. He just makes craters in the ground because he can't st- slow himself down. And he's talking to his mom, who's played by Sandro, and he's like, I don't, I don't understand why I can't do this. I don't, I don't want to be normal. I want to be different, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, wow, kid, way to, way to stab me in the heart. Like what's so bad about being normal. Um, So I really kind of enjoy the family dynamic here because both of his parents are, are headstrong characters. um, And, and they both bring something completely different to the table. So his, I'm not so sure his dad is a good guy. Um, there, there are lots of questions around his dad's actions, but his mom is not, she's not secretive. Like she's well aware that her husband is a superhero. She's well aware that her kid is going to have superpowers, but she's sort of the voice of reason. Mm. Um, and she's trying to tell him like, I don't know who put these expectations on you, but you don't have to be him. You don't have to live in his shadow. You don't have to do any of those things. You just have to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Um, and so it's, it's really nice to see 
that kind of like it's nice to see a family that is that open and communicates with each other when they have these big kind of secrets that they keep from everyone else i mean you know with within reason i it's we understand why superheroes don't tell everybody who their identities are i mean except the flash of course because everybody knows who barry allen is anyway um (laughs) an arrow (laughs) yeah an arrow so one of the biggest differences to me, um, so I, I did actually read the first volume of Invincible, the comic. If you have a Comixology Unlimited subscription, um, which I do, it is part of the Unlimited library. So you can check out the volumes, read them, and then check them back in when you're done. It is included in the cost that you pay per month for Comixology Unlimited. So that's how I read the, the first volume. I like that they changed up the character style. Um, the sentiment is still there. The the writing is still the same. The characters feel the same from the comic to the to the series, but they look different. And I really like the look of the characters much much better in the animated series versus the way that they look in the comic. Um, so basically, the this this Invincible is telling the origin story of Mark Grayson, who's the son of Nolan and Debbie, and it kind of the whole thing feels really familiar. There, there's no new elements that they've introduced. There's no new, any, there, there's no new buy-in that viewers have to become familiar with and, and like acclimatized to. Basically it's, it's every generic superhero story you've, you've ever heard, you know? So yeah. it's, it's really easy to get into it because it's, you've already probably been able to disassociate a lot of things when it comes to superheroes in the first place. So it's easy to get into. It's 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 really easy to follow, but again, very familiar. It it reminds me a lot of Superman and Lois because it's basically telling the same story as that series where you got an origin character who's half alien. He's the son of one of the most famous faces in the entire galaxy, pretty much, um, and he's got to come to terms with stepping outside of his father's shadow and kind of doing his own thing. Um, but again, the way that they kind of give Omni-Man that bad like are you a villain like how bad of a villain are you are you just like a villain of the week kind of villain or are you actually a good guy or are you really a super villain so there's a lot of mystery wrapped up in the main character um and it's funny that J.K. Simmons is playing him because the character to me kind of looks like J. Jonah Jameson from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films um so J.K. Simmons is playing basically another version of J. Jonah Jameson, mustache and all. Um, but it's 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 again, it's easy. Like it's it's easy to get into this series. So basically, another familiar aspect is you've got this team of heroes that are called the Guardians of the Globe. Uh, they also have other teams, like a teen team, very similar to Teen Titans. Um, but it it also reminds you of the boys because it's like you have these teams of superheroes and they work for these clandestine organizations that are not always the same organization, but they all kind of sort of have the same purpose or they're, they're all trying to do the same things. Um, so there's a lot of different moving parts to this world that they've created, but they, they do a really good job with the world building again, because they've taken all of these familiar elements. There's, n- there's no learning curve that you have to have to get into the show. Even if you've never heard of the comic before, it is super easy to just fall in with the first episode and, and you won't be confused with, with anything that's going on. Um, the way that they do the twists and the turns in this episode or in this in the series so far have been really great because I did not see the end of episode one coming at all. Like 
Mark and I were talking before we started recording, something feels off about Omni-Man, but it's not enough to make you think, wow, this guy's like batshit crazy. And then you get to the end of the first episode and you're like, where the hell did that come from? Um, so it, it, it really hooks you in because so many things happen and you're just kind of like, why is this happening? What, why is this happening? How, how did we get here? What is the benefit? What happens next? Um, so I, I found myself asking a lot of those kinds of questions while I was watching the series. And anytime I'm that engaged to where I'm, I'm trying to guess the next twist or I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen next, I know that I'm, I'm at that point, I'm pretty much just too far gone. So I am, I'm hooked on this series. Uh, I think it's well-written. I, I think the humor is paced and planted just right. Uh, nothing feels overbearing. Nothing feels out of place. It just, it works. It's, it's well laid out. It's, it's, the voice acting is fantastic. And the story has enough threads that you just keep wanting to pull to see where they're going. Um, mm. So I never got bored. It, I watched all three episodes in succession and it's just, I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing what happens next with the series. Yeah. When you say about the voice cast, actually like, you know, Mark Hamill, Zachary Quinto, mm-hmm. uh, Walton Goggins. Mm-hmm. Love him. Ian. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I, I, so the first time I ever saw Walton Goggins in anything was The Shield. You've never oh. seen The Shield. Um, I have not, Shield, but I did Shield. love him in Justified. Uh, well, yeah, well, he was, oh, it was amazing in Justified, but um, The Shield, he was so good in mm-hmm. just, uh, sorry, in The Shield. Uh, in fact, The Shield is probably like, up there one been one in one of my favorite ever tv shows and I, walton goggins has been loads of things since shield but um honestly the cast list and this is really good and you know you yeah. talk about jk simmons you i could hear it was him without yes. even looking up the cast yeah i hadn't actually looked up the cast list before i watched it i looked it up afterwards which i'm i'm glad i did um I didn't even realize Sandra O was the mum. She she yeah. was really good. She was really good, but I couldn't, in a way, which I thought was quite nice, was that I couldn't tell it was her. But you mm-hmm. could, you know, if you compare cartoons of now, and I know this is an adult's cartoon, which is if something if you didn't know, although it looks like a superhero, I mean, so this is probably the only concern is for maybe some parents that don't realize like. Oh no, this is definitely not a kids yeah. show, not yeah. at all. Uh, to please, I mean, please for for your safe like don't be <laughs> fooled like this is not a kid show at all yeah it's not a kid show yeah you know, it is, is like an animated version of the boys it is yeah. gory it is violent and would, like graphic say, kind of gory most of the episode is fairly okay like but yes. there are part big chunks in there that yes you know over 40 and the other thing as well which i hadn't realized i hadn't anticipated which each episode is about 45 minutes long mm-hmm. um so when i sat down I, like you i watched all three in one go thinking okay, I'll be done in an hour and a half. And I was like, oh, it's like 45 minutes an episode. It's like, yeah. okay. I mean, which is good. I thought, okay, we're going to get some Yeah, they're pretty meaty. So, um, but J.K. Simmons as um, Omni-Man, he was fantastic. Probably yes. stand standout actor in this cast of actors. Um, and then it was great that we had uh, Stephen as Mark Grayson. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you just said, the, um, uh, the, the Walking Dead sort of... Yeah. Thingy. But um, do you know the person who stood out the most for me was Zachary Quinto? I knew it was him. Uh, oh, yeah. Playing, Immediately. Playing robot. He has yeah. a very distinct voice. Um, 
I, I, I love this whole thing and the whole three episodes. I think dropping the three ep- first three episodes was a really good, well yes. thought out decision, not just giving us the first one where they right. could have then spread it out. So it's going to be eight episodes um, mm-hmm. coming out weekly. They could have just dropped one, but they went for the same approach they went through with the boys, dropped three episodes, and then yeah. we've got weekly from now on. I think it runs to about the end of April. Um, let's go a little bit beyond that. But anyway, um, but that first episode, I think if they hadn't dropped that big twist in there, I was obviously going to watch all three because they were there. We'd obviously said we were going to, but it, nothing major had happened. It right. was very, like you say, like very Lois and Clark. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, like, yeah, Lois, Lois and um, Superman. Uh, and Superman, Lois. like the new. Yeah, sorry, I'm getting confused with the night show now. <laughs> um, the, the new CW show it is very got similar veins to that. You know, family dynamic. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Omni Man is is essentially like a Superman type character, and like you said about similarities. You know, he the Guardians um, of the Globe are are, are there of this. Uh, well, the Guardians of the Globe um, that we meet in the first episode are very much like the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they're pretty much there. Well, they got you know War Woman and all the rest of it. There's so much in there that is the Justice yeah. League, and um, and then with the family dynamic of the Graysons, it felt very similar to the CW's current Superman show where. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got two boys and one of them's found that he's got powers. He's now going to have to teach him and, and that kind of thing. And, and you know, Mark, what I quite like is that he isn't perfect at being a hero. You know, yeah. every time he lands, he ends up putting a crater in the garden, which yeah. I did think the neighbours are going to start. Yeah, somebody's going to notice that, right? Like some kid uh, falling out of the sky. But there was like little detail here, like when he first ever flew, when he this first ever flight and he ends up in space and then ends up losing um, consciousness mm-hmm. and, you know, and then falls to earth and and you know later on in in the three episodes he says say to his dad about going to space and he's like oh by the way how do i breathe in space he's like you don't <laughs> so, like, and, uh, so it, it does make me wonder why on earth like you know is it no sort of you know can you not stick a helmet on or something like that so yeah. i don't know but um I thought, yeah, all three episodes were really well done. And to be honest, the art as well, the animation was so good. It was oh, yeah. really, it was bright and powerful and punchy. And and it was, you know, the attention to detail was really there. Mm-hmm. But even um, in, in the story as well, the attention to detail in the little things, like the first episode starting with the two security guards talking. Yes. And they were talking about, one of them was talking about his relationship with his son, blah, 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 whatever. You think these two characters are throwaway characters, which they kind of, they kind of are throwaway characters. But anyway, the next episode starts, the security guard who had started off in the first episode talking about his relationship with his son to his co-worker. Mm-hmm. In the second episode, you see him with his son, um, you know. At Buckingham like, Palace. At Buckingham Palace. And I was like, that's really cool that they've done that because they like only brought that character back for like a one minute scene. Yeah. And I was like, they've actually really thought through the detail because even background characters that you don't necessarily care about because you know you know there's always that joke about star trek you know the red shirts you mm-hmm. know like oh you know like oh the people gonna go down to the planet you know picard you know <laughs> all, all, all these characters you know and then they're like ensign smith you know the red shirt dude that yeah. comes forward and he's like no 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 please not me you know yeah. like, <laughs> like the red, the red shirts always end up getting killed off like. yeah and uh so when you see this security guard show up like two episodes running Although he is a background character that could have got killed off at any point, you kind of have built up a little bit of care for his character. Yeah. And, uh, and it almost felt like a bit of an ongoing joke, so to speak, like the, the security guard showing up again. I quite like that. I know it's real minor detail, but it did show me the thought processes that went into making this show. So Yeah, and I really uh, like the character that keep kind of pop, 
pops in and out is the guy who is very reminiscent of Hellboy. He's uh, some kind of demon oh, that has uh, escaped yeah. from hell, but he's a demon detective. Mm. Um, yeah. I like it. Well, I also like him because he's voiced by Clancy Brown, who is one of the best voice actors in the world. Um, so there's so much stuff. And another detail that I really appreciate about this show is characters of color are actually voiced by actors of color. So they don't specifically say like what nationality uh, they don't. I mean, they don't talk about nationalities at all in this series. I, at one point, when um, Mark is a kid, he's wearing a shirt that says Canada on it. But um, clearly, his mother is Asian, but they don't specify like what 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 type of Asian or where in Asia she's from. But she's voiced by Sandra Oh. And then, of course, you have now a half white, half Asian kid. Uh, and so they got Stephen Yuan to voice the character for that. Zazie Beetz voices uh, Amber, who is a black character. And the guy who plays old Samson is voiced by Kari, uh, Kari Payton, who is uh, also black. So I, I really appreciate that, um, um, that they're doing that on the on the back end of keeping kind of keeping that stuff level. So that was that was fun to see, too. Well, that's was like Mark's interaction with with the younger hip heroes as well mm-hmm. um and he, him juggling as well his social life at school so mm-hmm. i thought that, that was good as well to see him forming new relationships and he's got existing friendships already but forming new relationships with other sort of younger superheroes that yeah. got slightly more experience than him um but not massively I, and um but also the the things i thought were cool as well like when he needed the costume the omni man takes him to sort of a superhero tailor mm-hmm. and, um, which sort of like quite... gambi from black lightning <laughs> yeah yeah like, it was exactly like that yeah taking yeah. him underneath um, it, you know by day i i don't know do tuxedos and then by night yeah and it was also reminded me of the, it, well it was a bit like um yeah like gambi from black lightning but the other guy from um Shit, I can't remember his name, but the from Daredevil, you make Daredevil's costume, you know. Oh one. yeah, the guy, the guy who like has a hard time communicating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but this guy though, his workshop is amazing. Yeah, he's Rice. almost like the Kingsman kind of, like yeah. when the Kingsman oh, yeah. go and get their stuff. Yeah. It was a bit like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there's so much about these three episodes I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I think without that twist in the first episode, and they, I can see why they did it. It did hook me in. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And by the end of episode three, they've not explained why that twist has happened. Exactly. So, um, so that's that's going to be the hook for the whole season, is what I'm guessing yeah. is like, why did that happen? Um, but but it the damage is done. Like at the end of the first episode, I literally just kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, oh man, oh, I already know that I'm going to watch the show once a week. Dang it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm keen to finish it off. You, yeah. I don't know whether or not they resolve that twist by the end of the first season for the main characters. It might be that we up the twist by the end of the main. Yeah, because this is a really long-running series. Uh, you, I think you were saying like 150 um, issues. 150 something. I can't. Yeah, remember. I did, it's did, it's yeah. like 28 volumes uh, all, that are already printed. So. It's it's a long running. They got plenty of material to work with, and it spans oh, several years in the comic. So there's a but there's also a, an actual live action film in development. So one of the characters that you meet in the series, it's um I can't remember if it was episode two or three. Uh, he is sort of like an intergalactic representative. That mm-hmm. his job is to go from planet to planet and test the protectors of the planets to make sure that they're worthy of being called the the protector of the planet. 
So that character was voiced by Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen has a live action version of Invincible in development as an actual film. So that actually was announced. I want to say that was announced in 2017. So a whole year before the Amazon series was announced. But, you know, with with live action stuff, who knows how long it's going to take, but there could still be a potential live action film for Invincible as well. Yeah, well, like you said, with the, it's similar to The Walking Dead in terms of it's got at least 10 years worth of content yeah. they could potentially uh, use. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully um, in Invincible, they just won't be roaming around the woods. So. <laughs> Mark and his roaming around the woods. <laughs> I love The Walking Dead. I'm, 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 one of Walking Dead's one of my favourite shows. But yeah, but you get sick of people been, walking in the woods. But 10 years and they're still <laughs> running around, around the woods. Like, I mean, you know, they've built civilizations and they've got communities, but then you just have to say, at least every episode, you've got two characters roaming around the woods. Just, <laughs> I mean, would it, you know, I know that they said the cities did get overwhelmed, but yeah, we get it. Know, we get it. They're in the woods. Great. But Hopefully, Invincible town. doesn't have one of those moments. But, but, but they're town, but they're town, there's got towns out there. Anyway, uh, we rated this four out of five. We, we did really enjoy it. We're going to keep going, and um, we'll, we'll no doubt let you know what we think when we finish. Oh, for sure. Mastodon! For this week's, sorry, this month's pilot season, so in case you've never listened to this show before, the last um, podcast of the month, which we've started doing since January, is having um, pilot season. So we've we've done Dexter uh, already, and um, we're doing um, My Morphin Power Rangers. What was the other pilot season? Dear White People. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dear White People. Um, so we did Dear White People last month, actually. That's for our Black History Month episode. And we did Dexter. And for this month, we are now doing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. First ever episode, Day of the Dumpster from 1993. I Taking it, it way back. Yeah, I was 12 when this came out. So <laughs> that's crazy. So based 90, on... 93, I was, I was nine. <laughs> um. So this is based on Savannah Entertainment and Toe Company, and it was created by Haim Savan and Shuki Levy. And uh, it stars Austin St. John. Um, is it Fei? Trang. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Walter Emmanuel Jones, Amy Jo Johnson, and David Jost. So I did do a bit of research for our pilot episode review. <laughs> This is based, so in case you didn't know, the Power Rangers, my more Power Rangers, was based off of a, a long-running Japanese franchise called Super Sentai, which had been running since 1975. Ooh, when Saban decided to um, start off their own one, they decided to take it from the current run uh, in uh, Japan. And they... Um, when they when they brought in the episode in 1993, they had a lot to do in that 20 minute episode. Well, it would have been 30 with potentially adverts in. They crammed in a lot in that pilot episode for fans. Where in the Japanese version, they had had 10 plus 10, 15 years plus worth content. So in their version, which was called the birth, rather than this is called Day of the Dumpster, 
we uh, fans in Japan were already familiar with the concept of Super Sentai, and they didn't need to be necessarily introduced to Power Rangers and the Zords and, and all that kind of stuff because those things were already existing beforehand. So it was just a case of in in the birth setting the scene of this current generation of of Super Sentai. However, in Day of the Dumpster, we had to, they had to do a lot of setup. You had to set up Rita Repulsa. You had mm-hmm. to set up, you know, sort of, and her supporting cast. You had to set up all of the her Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, well, her, yeah, her minions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to set up all of the Power Rangers, but you also had to set up their uh, thing, you know, uh, Ernie's uh, juice bar. And then you also had to introduce Sword On and uh, Alpha, Alpha 5. five. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the command center, there was a lot to set up. But also, you had to get um, set up with the formula which was going to be was essentially the formula is very generic in every episode other than event there was event episodes that would happen generally every season um so the first three seasons were just around the mighty morphin power rangers generation and then from then on it moved to different generations which which we're not going to cover now (laughs) so in the day of the dumpster they how it worked was that Saban must have made this TV show really for peanuts. So all of the fighting scenes, so all of the Power Rangers in their full costumes, all of the villain scenes and all of the Zord scenes were actually just completely cut from the Japanese show, Super Sente. The only new footage there was was of the American actors. And that was it. Like so, whatever Which I never seen, understood as a kid and it always annoyed the crap out of me that Rita's lips never matched what she was saying. But I guess at, at nine, I didn't know. I didn't know the difference. Like I didn't know what that all meant. But I now did, I, I can did. understand why the Power Rangers' actual mouths and their helmets don't move. So also, you know, when they're in the command center and they go to the viewing globe and then yeah. they show something on the viewing globe. So that's where um, the show wanted to take something from Super Ten, Super Sentai but it didn't completely fit in terms of the episode. Mm -hmm. So they could say, oh, Power Rangers come to the viewing globe. And so, (laughs) so like, you know, they might see Rita. So there was a bit, obviously, in this where you see Rita Repulsa, like on a bike thing, flying through the sky. So, (laughs) but that had more, that had a much bigger story part in the birth, uh, in the Super Sentai show. So in the Super Sentai show, she actually does come down to earth and, um, shoves her castle on top of a few skyscrapers and then her and Goldar are flying around the city and, and there's all kinds of chaos going on but you don't have any of that in Day of the Dumpster mm-hmm. so they had to cut all that also which I didn't realise was until sort of preparing for this was you know so how Rita Repulsa comes back is that in my Morphin Power Rangers she's been imprisoned in a dumpster on the moon for 10,000 years mm-hmm. and these two astronauts open the dumpster and free her and her minions mm-hmm. now in the Japanese version she then um uses her powers and blows them off the moon and they free fall essentially until they probably die so but you don't see any of that in the mind more power rangers because apparently saban had dark to, mark yeah yeah that's exactly what it was uh, saban had to be very careful with how he edited the show yeah because he he, had, he was trying to do his best to keep it pg mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that it was suitable for young audiences and in america there's obviously i think you've got the I don't know, Parents of America. Yeah, the MPAA. Yeah, yeah. And apparently they just go nuts over, I don't know, the slightest little thing. So, yeah, uh, all of the anime watching that I have done, I have noticed that in Japan, uh, children basically run the entire country. They have death (laughs) battles, they drive mechs, they fight corruption. Like, 
Japanese kids in anime do way more than adults in anime do. Um, so yeah, there was a, it was a lot. It was a lot darker. I think the the Japanese version. So they had to really edit down. Uh, and but also where the Japanese version was over two episodes, they rammed it all into one 20 minute episode. The other thing I thought was cool was in this show in the uh, day of the dumpster. So after Rita Repulsa gets out, um, you well, so first of all, the show starts with actually meeting Jason and all of the other Power Rangers mm-hmm. in Ernie's Ernie's Juice Bar, and you see some interactions. You meet also the two school bullies, Bulk and Skull, who are, are just jerks and jokers and and you know they're there for the comedy relief part mm-hmm. i i always hated those two characters I yeah really i really could have done with the show just never having those two characters i honestly would rather the power rangers even as a kid i remember thinking why why do we have to have them mm-hmm. like, i'd rather this was a much more serious show even at tw- even 12 13 i wanted this to be a more serious show and it, it used to really ruin it for me when those two characters <laughs> show up. and um well, one of the, so what, what I really hated was when Bulk and Skull enter the gym. So everyone is sort of showing off the talents. Kimberly's doing some gymnastics and Zach and Jason are sparring with each other. And even Billy is trying to learn martial arts. Yeah. But, you know, he, he's sort of the kind of the character that you can see will grow over the three years. So he comes in as the newbie and stuff like that. And Bulk and Skull rock up and straight away see the two girls, you know, Trini and Kim and, um, instantly are like yeah come on when we're going out for a date and they're like we're not interested with them they're quite i found that some of the comments were a little bit forceful and probably not as modern as they potentially could oh, be of now course. of so course i didn't like i didn't really like those sort of interactions however what i did like was that trini and kimberly basically like they didn't knock them out but they flipped them over and landed yeah. on their backs on some mats, mats and stuff. well it was so, really cool because zach came over and he was like hey you know leave him alone and kimberly was like no nah, it's cool zach we got this like we don't need your help yeah. um and so after that happens the earth starts shaking and stuff like that because rita's now somehow making an earthquake happen which which we know from the work i've done looking at super sente is that actually that whole earthquake scene was that she was shoving skyscrapers around and that clearly would have caused a lot of uh, a ground shaking. So there was no real explanation in my more power rangers for why the earth started shaking. Then we suddenly afflict to the command center and this guy in a tube Zordon, um, <laughs> and, and alpha, uh, alpha five are like, yeah, well, you know, Rita's Rita's back, you know, if that's kind of clearly a big thing, if they, they already knew who Rita was yeah. and they're like, yeah, Rita's back. <laughs> like, for ten thousand years, you didn't yeah, have like yeah. a contingency plan or anything. Yeah, yeah. So then he was like, "We need to find um, five teenagers, etc." And then um, you see them in the that goes back to Ernie's juice bar, and you see them suddenly just stand still. It's all chaos everywhere, and then they just stand still for a second, and then they get beamed over to the command center and get given the recruitment speech and um, <laughs> ha- handed handed these devices, which we know are morphers, and they have the yes. PowerPoint power coins in which i used to all love those things as a kid like and, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah what kid didn't want their own own morphing uh thingy uh with the uh, the button um and then they explained that they were linked to historic dinosaurs so in my research in the super sente show which i thought was cool was that they didn't have teenagers when this happened there was no zordon there was some sort of uh, mentor gatekeeper guy mm-hmm. when he saw rita rock up he ran into his um temple which was um down the bottom of an elevator shaft and he went there and he had 
he had a key that he could open um, and actually it was rather than teenagers it was five historic warriors that had um, sort of gone to gone in a deep sleep and these warriors all represented um, tribes that were around um, sort of primitive man and, and dinosaurs that shared the same um, at the same time and that mm-hmm. kind of thing so you had like a Tyrannosaurus group of people and stuff like that and so at the time in the episode he could only get four of them out and and then the Tyrannosaurus guy rocks up a bit later um, I thought that was quite cool really rather than the, no, I love the American version but I thought it was just cool just to see the differences the American um, version was so cheesy though because Zordon is literally like find me five angsty people with attitude problems yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like <laughs> the hell what kind of team are you trying to put together to be fair he found five quite polite nice <laughs> yes exactly he, you know you like, found five very well-mannered people children that, that, to be honest, they, they were quite well-mannered and they were they were not i wouldn't say any of them had attitude i mean i guess they no, were strong, strong well that wasn't until like tommy came along but tommy didn't yeah. come along until like the second or third season uh so so then they they get these devices then they sort of all of them kind of jack it in and go, no, 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 we're not down with this. Storm out of the, well, they don't storm out. They walk out of the command center. Other than J- Jason and Trini are the last two to leave, which I did quite like that it was Trini and, and Jason. And mm-hmm. so Jason's a bit, you can see on his face, he's like, I'm not sure actually. And yeah. I like that Trini stood by him. And then, and then even as they're leaving, Jason's like, no, you know, I don't think, I think we should. I think we should help this. them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Rita sees this with her magic telescope from the moon, which I always, even as a kid, thought was ridiculous. And um, so, <laughs> and then she sends her putties down, which they bake in an oven, and um, they end up in a fight. Then the pat, then Zord, then they end up. Oh yeah, they end up deciding to morph using their thingies, yes. and they magically know how to come on. Out okay, them. without looking it up, what's the order? Oh, I know Tyrannosaurus is last, but I can't remember. Oh, come on. <laughs> I will never, ever forget it because we argued about it so much when I was a kid. But it's Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabertooth Tiger, Tyrannosaurus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably would have remembered it as a kid, but I cannot remember it now. Anyway, <laughs> so then they get beamed off and they end up having a fight with Goldar and then... He ends up getting this. This is where the formula thing starts. So Rita shoves her magic wand down, flies it down to earth. And, grow, uh, grow. No, but she says she shouts out, "Make my gold are grow." Yeah. However, every other episode is "Make my monster grow," and this is kind of why we end up picking this uh, show rather than because um, we wanted a monster TV show, and this is about the only one that we could find. So from episode two onwards, it's the monster of the week. And so it was like, make my monster grow. But it was in this one, make my gold art grow. So then they, out of nowhere, and I was like, how the hell did they know how to do this? They, like, I'll start calling on their um, Zords. And even they made co- voiceover comments like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's like it's like second nature. Like, you know, because there's something yeah. to try. And I'm like, yeah, it's no, like it second nature. But, like, <laughs> if somebody gave me a massive machine to control, I would, yeah. like, have no clue. Like, you know. And, but anyway, they Which, bringing that up, that's actually something that they talk about if you watch the Netflix Voltron series. Like, when they first get into their animals, they're like, I don't have any clue what I'm doing in this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they end up having this huge fight and it really reminded me of like a real B-movie version of Pacific Rim. Yes. Uh, It looks exactly like those old school Japanese films with a dude in the Godzilla suit fighting some dude in a Mothra suit or whatever. (laughs) It was terrible. 
I did love it though. So they end up having this huge, huge fight with Goldar. He, and then when they get their sword, because Goldar's got a sword, when they, get sword. This, when they get their power sword, which somehow comes from the sky. And um, I did think it would have been much better if the sword had just been on the back and they could have just pulled it, pulled it forward. But <laughs> anyway, so they end up having a fight with the sword and Goldar's like, I'm gone, just disappears. Episode gets kind of a nice little thing. They end up at the command center, kind of having a bit of a chat with Zordon, and they, you know, have a little bit of a high five moment where they all put their hands in the center, etc. One of the things I really disliked about this show, though, was the stereotypes like Kimberly, the bimbo airhead, who mm-hmm. when she gets in her sword was all like nice stereo, and then she was like about being a Power Ranger. She's like, oh, I'm down with it, but my hair gets ruined in the helmet. I was like, why do you have to pull this? I mean, maybe the 90s were full of stuff like this. I can't remember now, but... Yes, they were. (laughs) And um, I I don't know, like, Jason, though, I thought was actually, even even now, watching this now, was a good character. He was very straight, level-headed. He came across as quite quite a good actor for his age and came across really well. To be honest, I thought they were all for what they were doing, actually came across quite well. Billy is probably the only one I really had a problem with because his stereotype of the geek, you know, was just kind of overplayed. I don't know. What I didn't like was uh, there was a a point where uh, Bulk and Skull had brought it up at the beginning, um, but they referred to Zach as a dancer that turned into a martial artist. And then, like, when he's fighting the putties, he's all, like, breakdance fighting. And I'm just like really the black guy gotta be the one that's breakdance fighting okay i see how it is <laughs> um a sad thing to mention as well when i was watching this it every time i watch, every time i think about the parents there's always remember about trini uh the actress who played trini died and uh, i looked it up actually she died on the 3rd of september 2001 from an automobile accident and it i I don't remember the detail until I reread it for this review. Just the detail of that accident just sounded so horrific. Like I won't go into it now in case it upsets anybody, but yeah, it was a really horrible accident. And you know, somebody else survived, and they paralyzed from the neck down. And yeah, so it was just yeah, like obviously it's quite sad just watching this back and remembering that she passed away. Like you know. Mm-hmm. In, not not long after she left so i don't know if any most people would assume are aware of the power rangers because it's obviously a huge franchise but um trini uh jason and zach three characters that leave uh, quite early on um and i remember that as a t- at the time as a kid being really annoyed and um they left from what i remember was because of a pay dispute they wanted more money do you remember that or not i don't remember the details of that but i do Trini was my favorite character. And when, when she left, I had a hard time adjusting to liking the new Yellow Ranger. Oh, uh, Aisha. Yeah, Aisha. Um, and I, I liked Tommy. I liked Tommy because the, Jason David Frank, the guy who plays him, he was from Houston. So he was a local name that people were familiar with. But like after, after Zach and Trini and Jason left, I kind of stopped so and by the time Tommy went from being the Green Ranger to the White Ranger, I was like, I think I'm done with the show. So there's a whole lot of Power Rangers that I have never seen because I, I stopped can, watching pretty early on. I ended up having to stop watching this show just purely because um, I think I can't remember what we had at the time in terms of TV, like Sky or Cable. I think it was Cable we had. And they moved the Power Rangers to a TV channel that we just didn't have on cable. So ah. And then that was it. And then I got older and 
decided to become an adult and I was like, okay, I don't care about Power Rangers. But, <laughs> however, I would say I've read a few of the current Boom Studios Power Rangers comics and they are really cool. And I wish. Yeah, I think the technology has gotten better. Um, so I, I expect the later, I, I, the movie that came out, what was it, two years ago, 2019, 2018? Um, the live action movie wasn't that With Brian bad. Cranston as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, I actually enjoyed that, and I was disappointed that they didn't put a sequel in. Yeah, I could have done without Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa. That, so that, that was my biggest beef with, with that movie. Um, but otherwise, I did enjoy it. And totally not related, but a totally hilarious story. So uh, my oldest cousin, he used to be super big into motorcycles, and his motorcycle used to be yellow. And he used to have the yellow full-body suit and the yellow helmet to go with it. One time he was at a gas station getting gas and there was a kid in the car at the pump next to him. And that kid started flipping out in the backseat of the car, screaming about how a Power Ranger was at the gas station getting gas for their motorcycle. And so my cousin also knew martial arts. So he started doing like all of these crazy like fly kicks and all that weird shit. And like the kid just, the kid in the backseat of that car like lit up. And so my cousin came back and he was all telling us this story. And I was like, that's a really cool story. And I'm sure you made that kid's like year, but you do realize that the Yellow Ranger was a girl. And my cousin like got so mad at me for kind of ruining his story. And I just thought it was really funny, but yeah. <laughs> I, bet you know, I bet you went out and bought a green or red, <laughs> <laughs> uh, suit. But yeah, so anyway, so in regards to the pilot, they ram a lot into a 20 minute episode. Like they, you know, they cut in a lot from the Super Sentai show, which like I say, the Super Sentai's version was a two, uh, two episode show. And uh, they ram in a lot in there because not just that, they had to introduce American and international fans, obviously, you know, mainly English speaking, into what the concept of Power Rangers was mm-hmm. and the, the, the adapted concept as well. Then you had to reintroduce not just the main characters, their side characters like Ernie, Bulk and Skull, also Zordon, Alpha 5. Then we had to get the villains and their, their uh, minions and things like that. And it was just a lot rammed in. And it, I mean, it was okay. Like, obviously, I, I, I'm so, you know, me and Jasmine were talking before the, before the recording. What were our thoughts of back in 1993 versus right. 2021? And, you know, back then I did really enjoy this and I did love this show. And I probably would have carried on watching had they not moved it to a channel that I didn't have. And, you know, but did it age well? No, no. really. Like, <laughs> but then also, I imagine that a lot of TV shows from the nineties probably haven't aged well. Right. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think we we gave it two ratings. <laughs> we we didn't know what it, else to do because it was just it was too dated to rate it by today's standards alone. So, so we've given it our nineteen ninety three rating of three out of five because I think if we were in nineteen ninety three, we both enjoyed it. We, and we carried on watching it and it was something we talked about with friends and it was a show you couldn't really admit you kind of told close friends but you mm-hmm. didn't really tell you couldn't really you broadcast with, it yeah you couldn't talk with the cool kids and be like yeah but then i remember one day finding out that everybody watched it like but nobody wanted to admit it. anyway so <laughs> our rate our current rating for 2021 is a, unfortunately probably our lowest ever one out of five so but by today's standards yeah no, you couldn't get away releasing a show like this heck um, no not with that double 
not with the half dubbed, half not. That would yeah, I mean the, the the badly dubbed, the bad dubbing, the, the 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 terrible special effects, the literally no characterization, or even even the story was so limited. I, I think if if this was adapted into a TV show today, you'd probably get like a one hour pilot. To, if it was going to be a half an hour kid show, a one hour pilot as minimum, or you'd probably spend. You know, if this was a Netflix show and it was released as 10 episodes, they'd spend the whole first season making them Power Rangers. Like, it would, yeah. it, it, you know, it, or there might be, like, some gradual, or you might not see the Zords until episode 10. You know, it would be, you wouldn't get everything in day day one. So it, it was a lot for what it was, but I'm glad that we revisited, revisited yeah. it. It was nice to reminisce about a children's TV show from the <laughs> 90s and, and to sort of bring our monster... Movie, you know, not, not movies, but monster um, month to a close. Yeah. So, our recommendations. I'm recommending Witch Blood issue one from Valiant Comics, which comes out next week on the 31st of March. It's written by Matthew Ehrman and it's illustrated by Lisa Stirl. And Jim Campbell is on letters, and Gab Contriasa, potentially, is on colors. And, um, <laughs> It follows a character called Yona, who is an immortal witch with a motorcycle, which I thought was really cool. Love it. Uh, uh, yeah. So the story it kind of like picks up, like you feel like you've come in halfway through something. So Yona is like sort of sitting by a roadside and, you know, she's got like a raven or a crow or something that she follows along. Um, and then she goes on a, she's sort of on a motorcycle jumping around. Somebody knocks her off her bike and she ends up in this town and ends up crossing paths with this sort of like witch hunter. And then they end up getting into a fight scene with all these vampires and it's gory. And, and it's, to be honest, it's a lot of fun. Art is really sort of popping as well. Like I really, I, to be honest, I enjoyed this book. It was a lot of fun. And I've, I've heard as well, like it's really sold out for pre-orders. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited for issue two already. I don't really want to say too much more, but just pick up next week's book. I really enjoyed it. Sorry, it's, got, yeah, it's coming out next week. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I'd recommend it if anyone's looking for a new book to pick up. Valiant Comics are always putting out good stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, just give it give it a whirl. And uh, my recommendation this week is to wrap up our monster month, uh, the month of March. My recommendation is a little uh, illustrated book. It's a field guide to Kentucky Kaiju. Um, it is by Justin Stewart, Tristina Bowling, and Sean Pryor. Basically, it is literally like a small almanac of fictional kaiju that live in the Kentucky wilderness. Um, and a couple of my favorites are uh, <laughs> Buzz Gator, who basically is like a, a moonshine alligator, uh, and uh, the Komodo Supremus, which is like a Komodo dragon that shoots lasers out of its tail. Uh, it's, anyway, it's a super easy, it's an easy read. It's a fun book. It's just literally basically a couple of artists and an author that are going wild. Like, hey, man, what if we created this kind of kaiju? And oh, what if we created this kind of kaiju? Um, so again, wrapping up our Monster Month, uh, Kentucky Kaiju is my recommendation. Next week, we will be joined again by Stephen Fox. For an entire episode, we're going to be reviewing the four-hour Snyder Cut Justice League. Four hours. (laughs) 
And as a reminder, don't forget, we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our fifth Late to the Party Book Club episode was March Volume 1 by Andrew Iden and John Lewis. That episode dropped at the end of February. And our we skipped a book club this month. Our next book club is going to be in April. And we are covering Akira Volume 1 by Kazuhiro Otomo. You can also follow us on social media. We are Geeks Unleashed on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn. We are everywhere. So be sure to give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much for listening and have a good week. Bye. Bye.